0: Hello, friends, and welcome again to a long-awaited episode of the Pilot Podcast. I'm Jared Cornott, joined by Alan Murray. No Matt Hensley today. We are struggling in this season of life to get our schedules lined up, Uh, so we we apologize for the delay between episodes. We're trying to do better, but we're all three, well, two of us pastor churches. One of us allegedly has a job. I don't know. Alan, how are you, man? I am doing well. Your hair's uh, gotten whiter since the last time we spoke.
1: You know, I went today to the DMV and (laughs) got a new license, and the lady asked me if I wanted to leave everything the same she was going through, and she said hair brown. I said, it's really not that color anymore, so my (laughs) new license is going to (laughs) be (laughs) great.
0: Well, I think you look distinguished, and uh, you look good. So well,
1: I, mean, I, I do pastor, so that you. might
0: be where the gray is coming from. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting thin uh, right over here, unfortunately. So it's coming for me, too. Uh, but, Alan, good to see you. We haven't done episodes since I've moved back to Alabama. As you can see, I've kind of got my office finally situated here. We've gotten past Easter. And a lot has happened in Southern Baptist life. A lot is going to happen uh, coming up May 1st. There is a big meeting uh, at the EC. Uh, We won't give any spoilers, but I think we have a pretty good idea of who is going to be nominated to be the new EC uh, CEO. And uh, probably some candidates announced thereafter uh, for New Orleans. And I'm sure we'll dive into that as those become official, uh, and that we can report and talk about those. But there are a couple things that have happened, Alan in particular, that I feel like need to be discussed. One of those is Stephen Rummage, Oklahoma pastor. I I believe he's pretty well known by most people. Is going to be nominated to be the uh, president of the 2024 Pastors Conference in Indianapolis. Uh, And I don't know about you, but from everything I've seen, everybody, no matter where they kind of land in the denominational spectrum at this point in somebody's life, seems to be celebrating this. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anything negative yet. I'm I'm sure there'll be something from somebody because people didn't like Jesus either. Uh, but Rummage is somebody who has uh, long served Southern Baptists. He's taught uh, preaching and homiletics in the seminaries. Um, he's pastored several well-known churches across the convention, uh, known as a really great preacher who knows a lot of good preachers. So I would suspect if he won the pastors conference nomination uh, that he would put together a good conference to serve our pastors and anybody else that likes to attend the pastors conference
0: yeah and information for the 2023 pastors conference daniel dickard is the he's a former north carolina baptist he now went to the other carolina that you guys don't uh like to talk about too much up there alan um his is really it's jam-packed have you looked at the schedule for that
1: I have. I mean, there's like sermons and then there's breaks in between the sermons that have little sermons in between the sermons. Uh, it is, there's a, a lot of people speaking. My, my AMS is going to be one of the speakers. I'm really excited that he's got the opportunity to speak. He's speaking on kindness and I don't think anybody could be more appropriate to speak on kindness than him. I, I think that's going to be great, but yeah, it's, it's crammed back full. Um, and the pastors conference usually is. I, I hope that you have plenty of room in your cerebral hard drive to download some stuff and that you can drink from water hose because I think that's what it's gonna be like this
0: year. I don't I don't know your AMS personally, but I know the people who know him. They all think highly of him. And I'm gonna take your word. And I don't I don't think there's any audience that needs to hear a message on kindness more. The Southern Baptist right now, uh, and that's just my my perspective. So, yeah, I would I would suspect Rummage has nobody run against him, uh, and I would suspect that he will have uh, he may have someone run against him. You never know. It's this is Southern Baptist we're talking about, but I would suspect I, I believe Stephen Rummage is a man who is. Well loved, uh and uh well appreciated. We'll do what we can to get him on the potluck uh before the annual meeting and let him kind of share maybe what his vision is for the twenty twenty-four pastors conference. And uh you can Google. Uh I, I don't we'll put in the show notes, Matt, uh, as he hopefully listens to this and um listens to what I say. Uh we'll try to get a link up there for the twenty twenty-three Pastor's Conference should be great. Alan, you've got experience in putting on a pastor's conference. You know, a lot of work goes into it. Uh, But we know for a lot of these pastors that are coming, this is the only pastor's conference they'll go to all year. So, uh, no, go ahead.
1: No, it's a lot of work. I'm sure Hensley could talk about the work on the national level as well. But, you know, that should be the goal, in my opinion, is to make it a great conference that glorifies God. And for the guys, this is the only conference they get to go to all year. Make it worthwhile.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Stephen Rummage running for 2024 Pastors Conference president. Uh, you'll need to be there at the Pastors Conference to vote for him or against him, if that be your wish. Uh, I don't know. The uh, The Pastors Conference is interesting since it has no governing documents. Uh, it's kind of up to the president each year and how that goes. So last year when – Matt did it. He asked only uh, Southern Baptist pastors uh, to vote. In previous years, they had asked only senior pastors to vote. Um, so I don't know what Daniel will do, uh, but um, you'll have the opportunity to be there if you're a pastor and vote, and maybe if you're even a layperson. Uh, but even if you're a layperson, you can go and at least enjoy the preaching. It's a great lineup. Other big news, uh, out of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, we kind of been hearing this for a while, and it came into fruition at their trustee meeting just recently. David Dockery has had the interim tag removed, and he is the new president at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And O.S. Hawkins, former president of Guidestone, former pastor of First Baptist Dallas, is now the chancellor at Southwestern Seminary. So we know that uh, Paige Patterson, Adam Greenway, to this point, there's been a lot that's been happening at Southwestern the past few years. Um, And to me, David Dockery is a man that a lot of people know, a lot of people love and admire and respect. And my impression is the trustees felt like there needed to be some stability at Southwestern. And David Docker was the man at this time. Uh, I, I don't really know what a chancellor does. Alan, maybe you maybe you know what a chancellor does, but with David and OS to, to provide some stability. Um, we've been hearing that. Alan, what were your thoughts?
1: I think that Dockery is probably a good choice. Um, He's somebody that a lot of folks would probably say is a Southern Baptist statesman. Uh, There was a period of time in which almost any academic book involving Baptist life that was written had some kind of review or endorsement written by David Dockery. Uh, His name means something. He's written a lot on Southern Baptist life uh, back when Southern Baptists were fighting over Calvinism. Um, You know, 10, 15 years ago, he kind of led the way in discussing and talking and writing about that and what Southern is. He certainly got the academic credentials um, and has served in academia already at uh, Southwestern, but also recently at Union University. And so uh, I think he can certainly provide some of that stability. Um, OS can probably provide some uh, financial insight and some financial direction, and probably also some some fundraising. Um, I, I would think that'll probably be part of his role as well, uh, the role of a president as well. But um, maybe with him in that chancellor role, he'll he'll have some opportunity to help with some of the financial woes that have been happening at southwestern over the last number of years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we all want to see that seminary in Fort Worth grow and do well. We want all six of our seminaries to do that. And it feels like New Orleans Seminary with under Jamie Dew has got a lot of positive traction going on. I, I want to say Jamie is in year four at being at New Orleans, if you believe that, because I remember talking to him in Birmingham in 2019, shortly after he had been installed as the Seminary President. And so... I'm hearing great things in New Orleans. Uh, Southern's gonna be Southern, right? Danny Aiken at Southeastern. We never know what's going out in uh California out there with Dr. orge uh, but we we assume. Things are going well, and Midwestern continues to grow. And so, uh, you know, if you're wanting to know more about David Dockery, I mean, the guy's written and done a ton, as Alan alluded to. uh, But a book that I have read by him that I would recommend to any Southern Baptist is Southern Baptist Consensus and Renewal. It's a great little book on Southern Baptist life and belief, and I would just recommend that to you. Uh, I'm excited for Dr. Dockery. I don't know him, but I know this. He is a graduate of the University of Alabama. And so he has to be a uh, a good leader in that sense. And you know uh, he was at Union and Ted's too, right? He was at Trinity, uh, and uh, everybody that you've ever talked to has said what a remarkable job he had done. I think he went out to uh, Texas thinking he was going to enjoy a nice little retirement and quiet life. But um, kudos to him to step up and lead the seminary during this time. So we need to be praying for Southwestern. We need to be praying for Dr. Do- uh, Dockery. Be praying for Dr. Hawkins uh, because I do think there are some serious considerations and tough times ahead for Southwestern or tough decisions that need to be made. And, um, you know, when you're a leader, you have to make those decisions. Nick Saban has a quote that I love. If you want to make everybody happy, do not be a leader, go sell ice cream. And so, um, hopefully Dr. Dockery and OS Hawkins, uh, can help in this season of time, uh, at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. Uh, and then Alan, um, this, you know, people may not think this was Southern Baptist news, but this, to me, was a big one in the sense of who this man is and the role that he played in Southern Baptist life. Former pastor of First Baptist Church of Atlanta and former pastor of Fruitland Baptist Church in Henderson, North Carolina. Uh, Charles Stanley passed away last week, and he, uh, I believe he was 91 years old or going to be 91 long Long tenured over 50 years at First Baptist in Atlanta. Uh, of course, he had in touch ministries. Alan, I don't know about you. Uh, I would not say that Andy, uh, not Andy Stanley, Charles Stanley, uh, well, I'd say this for Andy as well, but Charles Stanley really was not influential on my life. Uh, I believe now my grandmother watched him on TV all the time, read his books. There is certainly a generation of Southern Baptists that uh, that Charles Stanley had a large impact on. Would you agree with that? Before we even dive into talking about him, the conservative resurgence, just him as a pastor at First Baptist and his in-touch ministries, he was far-reaching, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, before I answer your question, I, I want to uh, say two things. He was 90, not 91. I'm going to be nitpicky. And he also didn't pass away. He died uh, because we're Christians and we don't pass away. Uh, we die, but uh, are you saying
0: that because you're 90 and thinking about death? Is that why you're, go ahead, Alan. Uh,
1: no, I'm I'm saying that because I'm not a member of Christian science. Um, but yeah, his, his influence has been huge, uh, on Southern Baptists, and, and we'll certainly get to that in a moment, but, but really a worldwide reach, um, He's he's the one person I've always been able to say, if you've got to watch a preacher on TV, uh, Charles Stanley is probably the one you need to watch, uh, because he was actually orthodox and, and preaching the gospel, and his his sermons and his radio program have really been all around the world. His books have had a huge influence. He's written lots of books, and his life. He's had a couple different editions of those. When I worked at Lifeway, as well as an independent Christian bookstore, folks were all the time coming in and buying those Charles Stanley Life Principle Bibles. And so uh, his his reach and his impact has been huge. Um, I cannot tell you the number of people in churches that I've pastored. There have been so many people have told me that as they're getting ready on Sunday morning, they listen and watch Charles Stanley. And I've got one now that listens to David Jeremiah, who was one of the ones that spoke at Charles Stanley's funeral. So I have to follow up uh, behind Charles Stanley and David Jeremiah in some people's eyes every Sunday. And those are really big shoes to fill, even for somebody with Sasquatch feet.
0: That's pretty funny. Alan, uh, as our local Baptist historian on on the podcast, can you talk a little bit about the role that uh, Charles Stanley played in the conservative resurgence? He was elected, I think, in 1984, 1985. As the president of the Seventh Center- uh, Convention, which was certainly during the time of, of the resurgence with you know Adrian Rogers and and all those leaders, what kind of role did Charles Stanley play in in bringing the convention back to biblical fidelity?
1: Yeah, Stanley was one of those early prominent conservatives that were elected during the conservative resurgence. I think it all kind of kicked off in 79, and Adrian Rogers had a huge influence as well. Uh, Stanley was one of those that fell in kind of lockstep as uh, someone who believed in the inerrancy of Scripture, who obviously had kind of a large profile being there at uh, First Baptist Atlanta and already having a large impact Um, Of course, we we know the value and the importance of being elected president because that allows you to uh, make appointments, and so you're allowed to make uh, conservative appointments if you're conservative like Stanley. And so his work there in the mid-'80s was integral in the the conservative resurgence moving forward. It it amazes me. So many folks... um, have talked about the positive gospel impact of Charles Stanley uh, through his television, through his books, through his radio programs. Uh, But it has amazed me. I'm looking on the internet at some, um, we'll, we'll be gracious here and say more moderate, Uh, and progressive Baptist news outlets to people who have cursed the name of Charles Stanley uh, because of his work during the conservative resurgence. And so uh, I didn't know that there were people that hated Charles Stanley, but I've learned that. Uh, Everybody I've ever met liked the guy. Uh, So definitely important in Southern Baptist life for conservatives uh, like myself and you and Matt um, laying some groundwork so that we can be where we are now.
0: Yeah, I mean, a minute ago I said, you know, Charles Stanley didn't really influence me personally, but because of Charles Stanley, men were influenced who have influenced me. And so really we as Southern Baptists are indebted to men like Charles Stanley and should be thankful to God for men like Charles Stanley who paved the way for Alan, you and I to be pastoring churches as uh, people who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, people who are complementarians, people who believe in what is quote-unquote called conservative theology. We believe that, we affirm that, because men like Charles Stanley made it easy for us to do that in our churches uh, today. And we should be grateful for that. It doesn't mean that any man is perfect or anything like that, but it does mean um, that we stand on their shoulders as we lead our churches today. And our prayer should be that God would raise more men up like that in our convention. Right now, you know this, I know this, anybody listening to this podcast, because you would not listen to a Southern Baptist podcast unless you were interested in what was happening in Southern Baptist's life. No, right now it is a tumultuous time in our convention. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of accusations about wokeness and things of that nature. Some of that may be exaggerated. Some of that may be cause for concern. So to you to decide. But we need godly men to stand up at this time in our convention and to lead us. And uh, we are fast tracking the days to New Orleans where we'll have the opportunity to do that. Well, Alan, the masters just ended. I know you're not the biggest maybe Golf Watcher. Did you watch any of the Masters at all?
1: I did. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, kept up a little bit with it. You know, I I find it more entertaining than baseball. Wow. Okay, here
0: we go. Well, I kind of have it as a tradition at my house uh, that during Masters weekend, I make a, uh, oh, I don't know, enough for about 10 sandwiches of pimento cheese and 10 egg salad sandwiches. Because if you go to Augusta, If you are one of the lucky ones, I went in 2019. I was one of the lucky ones. Uh, You can buy for $1.50 a pimento cheese sandwich or an egg salad sandwich. We've we've talked about pimento cheese on this podcast. We've never talked about egg salad. Uh, Alan, are you a fan of the egg salad sandwich? And if you are, let me ask you this. uh, Do you put celery in yours? Because my wife will not let me put celery in the egg salad sandwiches that I make.
1: I'm not. uh, I'm Mm. not. Against egg salad, it's just never my choice. Um, I can eat it if if it's there. Um, a lot of times at church potlucks, I've had ladies who have made egg salad sandwiches that were free of celery, and I have eaten them. Uh, it's just not my choice. I'd rather have tomato cheese. I love deviled eggs. Um, I like potato salad. I like a lot of the same things that go into egg salad sandwiches, uh, but just not not against them. Um, just not not for them, kind of indifferent the egg salad. Um, so, sorry to disappoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like them. They're, one, they're easy to make. I mean, you got to boil some eggs up, have some, you know, condiments in, in the fridge. And they're honestly really, really easy to make. And I think they are delicious. I, I like to toast the bread a little bit, uh, throw the egg salad on there, cut it up and eat it. Um, and uh, I really the only time of the year that I really make them is Master's Week. Um, it's just that that little taste of Augusta at home. Uh, but I do enjoy having an egg salad sandwich. I can remember my grandmother making them all the time when I was growing up. That she would eat, uh, in fact, uh, they would eat a lot of those for breakfast uh, in the mornings. Uh, they would toast some bread and the egg salad in the morning. I don't know if I would want it in the morning particularly, but uh, that is. Uh, if, if you do want to make it, there's tons of recipes online if you want to try it. Um, it will make your fridge have a certain uh, smell, uh, so just be wary of that. But I think it's delicious, and I'd recommend it any time of the year to you. And it's actually a pretty, uh, you know, you can sub like the mayo for Greek yogurt and actually make it a pretty healthy meal uh, for you. Uh, do you ever do that? Do you ever sub uh, mayo with Greek yogurt, Alan? Are you just like, nope? If I put Dukes in it,
1: uh, we we use Greek yogurt in our house all the time. Uh, often as the substitute for sour cream because uh, yep. less fat and you get protein in it and most of the time our kids have no idea um i make a cilantro lime slaw when we do fish or shrimp tacos that uh, i use lime juice and greek yogurt to make the dressing with it and uh, it's really good so I, I can i can see doing that
0: there you go well alan anything else you want to add we're we finally getting to record again uh so that brings me to god for that but uh, anything else you want to add before we bring this to a close go to new orleans go to new orleans we i talked to matt about uh, we need to get dr bark barber on the podcast in the coming weeks hopefully soon talk with us a little bit about new orleans and what that's going to look like hopefully we can get uh steven rummage on before i don't know if we can or can't i need to reach out to him uh but that would be great too so Friends, thank you for joining us uh, talk about Southern Baptist life, be in prayer, and all these matters for the Stanley fa- family, for uh, Stephen Rummage and his uh, uh, running for the Pastors Conference and what he will put together for that, and for Southwestern Seminary. Sit down, have an egg salad sandwich next time you listen to us, and join us next time, same Baptist time, same Baptist hour, and as always, stay Baptist, my friends.